Are we recording now? I'm recording. Okay. You're I think recording. I'm recording. Yes, I'm recording. So I think we're recording. Okay. Good morning, James. Good morning, uh, Catherine. Christopher. Krath, Krath, Christopher. Oh, Jesus. Should we start over? No. <laughs> that Can would require, edit, require editing. Editing. Yeah, don't edit. Let's let's just do like a straight through, no editing. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, God. You would not like that. <laughs> Anyway, well, good morning. I thought I'd start this morning off on a light note. Oh, good. Yeah. What do you, what do you want to talk about? My dog died. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why I'm laughing. It's not funny. It was horrific. Um, I just, I was thinking about it because I just picked up his ashes and his little paw print. But um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Paw prints. But yeah, I don't know why I got that done. I didn't know you had to bake it. Oh, I thought they were already came baked. No, it has, no, it's half baked. That seems like it's kind of half baked. So anyway, I think I think when Jennifer's, uh, well, I think my wife has always has, has always done that. I think it's always baked. I think they deliver it to the client when it was baked. That seems like a standard practice. They didn't bake it, because when she handed me, she's like, "Don't drop that because it'll break." I'm like, "What?" And then I haven't been able to look at it. And then I looked at it, and there were directions on baking it. And I'm like, I don't even have the energy. But um, anyway, yeah. So he's he's off to puppy heaven. So I guess your house is a little bit quieter now. No, actually, the weird thing, not that we're doing any kind of spiritual stuff, but I heard him like coughing for like a couple days. And I don't know if it was my grief, but I mean, he had this little like chihuahua congestive heart failure cough or something. And um, I actually heard him coughing. And my my mom told me, she's like, I don't want to tell your dad, but I think I heard the dog. And I just like freaked out. And then my dad comes up like a day later. He's like, I don't want to tell your mom, but I think I heard Buddy. Okay, so it's a group psychosis. That went on for like three days. I'm like, just go to the light or whatever you need to do. I didn't want him around here looking for food or anything. And I'd taken up his water bowl and his bed and stuff. And I just really felt weird about it. And my friend, one of my friends who's a psychic, she wants to be on the on the show at some point. And um, she's a medium, and she said that she called me a couple days ago, and like after this happened, and she was like, oh, yeah, I think you'll probably see him. And I was like praying to God I didn't see him because that would freak me out. But anyway, so I kind of released him. But yeah, anyway, on a happy note, that's all I wanted to say. That was a lot to say. And <laughs> and I, I, have, I, I have notes for your psychiatrist, okay. I guess. I, you know what? I, I, I've been thinking about this, Kathy. Uh-huh. I think I should sit in on your sessions. Oh, no. And just no. Di- direct you. I don't have a psychiatrist. <laughs> well, what do you have? Don't you have some professional help? Well, a lot of my friends are professionals. Okay. So, yeah, I guess we're like local talent. Yeah, You're just Misha. talking about Misha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. When we have her on the podcast, I'll be, it'll be like me sitting in on one of your sessions. Okay. Then I can tell you what to say. Okay. <laughs> Oh God! Not that I'm controlling. Not that no, I'm not, to control no. You it. are a bit, but the hell. Uh, the I hell? am, and I, I, I just, I thought you just said you are a bitch. No, a bitch, not a you, bitch. No, you should. To- that totally would have been perfect. <laughs> That's what you should have said. Oh. See, this is me controlling you. See, there you go. Stop playing with your hair. I'm not playing with my hair. I'm just trying to find <laughs> the Banksy article on my cell phone. Banksy schmanksy. Oh man, do you just love Banksy? Do I, I don't know Banksy. Who knows Banksy? I don't know, but he came out in terms of being the um, perpetrator, shall we say? Perpetrator? I don't know, the artiste behind the staycation murals. 
the painter. Yeah, Maybe the painter banks. I don't know. Perpetrator sounded kind of the harsh, <laughs> but there, you know, because he does the graffiti and all the that, perp- and he did all those little murals. Why can't I find the article I sent you? I'm gonna say this to you again. You gotta send me just do one email with all the links. But I. That's not how my brain works. Well, I don't care how your brain works. <laughs> my brain works. I get a, one after another. Like I, I feel like I'm getting shot in the head by a shotgun every oh. every two seconds oh, for gosh. an hour as you bombard me with a barrage of email links. Yeah, these came over a couple days, I think. And you damn Apple people, you think everybody lives in your world. I, I have an Android phone, so I can't pull those messages oh. up on my computer, which is where I do my, quote, work for the podcast. Oh, you can't? Which is why I prefer to have it in an email so I can open it on my phone or I can open it on my computer. I can open it anywhere. If it's a text message, it only comes on my phone. Oh, okay. I thought I emailed those to you. No, that was... That was text. That was a text message. Oh, we'll, sometimes we'll, we'll I sit do. down and I'll explain to you the difference between text messages, okay. messaging, and email. Oh, okay. That'll yeah. be fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. Actually, if we ever have merchandise, I do want to make a little T-shirt that says Doom Scroller. Doom. What does that mean? Doom Scroller. Like when you just start looking at the text and you're just like looking at all the news, and they call it Doom Scrolling. Okay, I did not know that. I guess yeah. that I think that might need an, uh, uh, a graphic to go with it. Yeah, like a little skull head or something. Maybe we could do it for Day of the Dead. That might be nice. That's it. That's our first merch. I said merch. My ass twitched again. Oh, God. Oh, you don't talk about your ass. <laughs> anyway. Jeez, anyway. What's wrong with you? I'm sorry. That but... would be a good line, though. What? Did I tell you I was reading, writing a... Uh, I'm writing a... I am writing I I know. A what the hell? I'm writing a sitcom. I never thought those words would come out of my mouth. This just was like nothing that was ever on my radar, even remotely. So is this a challenge, a writing challenge? Are you throwing down like Bobby Flay? I could see myself. I don't know who that is. I could oh. see myself <laughs> as being an actor because I'm so beautiful. Uh-huh. But yeah, not a writer. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks for the encouragement. I do apologize. We're doing this over FaceTime today. And I haven't showered in a couple of days. And I recently got... Uh, a haircut which isn't probably exactly compatible with my head. It looks kind of K-pop. I was going to say that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, you look like uh, you're auditioning for BTS. I am probably 35 years too old for that band. <laughs> also the wrong gender. Oh, my gosh. Because I am not a boy. I am a man. That sounds like lyrics to a song, but tell me more about your writing. Oh, I can't. It's a secret. I'm sworn oh. to secrecy, and it's it's very important stuff. So I mean, you know, the old the old joke. I I could tell you, but then I have to kill you. Oh, I don't. I'm I might not ready kill you anyway, die. though. So maybe I'll tell You're you. You're gonna kill me with like <laughs> nonsense. With um, technical jargon. Yeah, with technical jargon. Well, well I was thinking. I, I hate to re- repeat it, but when you said your ass twitched, because that really does <laughs> trigger me. It just it sets me off. And I'm sorry. I thought, okay, it's bad for me to hear that, but that might be a funny thing, like if the ships, if our spaceship said that, because it's a sci-fi comedy, because it's it's me, I do sci-fi. If Christopher asked me, hey, James, if you're going to write something, what would you write? If you're going to write a, a sitcom, I said, well, of course it'd be sci-fi. I didn't even think about it. It just came out of my mouth. Weird. Wow. So that's what, so that's what we're writing. And oh. so we were arguing about what, no, not arguing, we were discussing whether or not the ship, the spaceship, should have, you know, a computer, an onboard computer with a personality. And and I was thinking, you know, it might be kind of funny if the ship would say, wow, you just made my ass twitch or something like that, because, you know, a ship doesn't have an ass. I think you should use that. 
Well, we uh, we we may have you do it. Okay, uh, can I be at the spaceship? Well, that's the point. Oh, that's where I'm going with this because I was thinking she's not going to fit in any of the roles of writing. But what are the roles? She's got like that new bo- really annoying voice. Annoying. A friend <laughs> oh, texted kidding. me and said I no, have a you... good voice for radio. That's nice. Um, yeah, your friend <laughs> said that. No, but you have. <laughs> you also have that laugh, and you know. It'd be nice if the spaceship would laugh at the people when they did dumb things. Okay. And you're kind of sarcastic, and I think you have you have an interesting voice, which might be kind of interesting to have on a sitcom sci-fi show. Okay, I'll do it. Okay, so that's done. I'm shocked that it's about a spaceship. That's just one part of it. Oh, okay. You know, if this gets off the ground, hey, everyone should listen. Start listening to us now. Right. So that when be- when I become a huge writer and producer. They right. can say, oh, yeah, I was listening to James way back before he even started his first TV show. Okay. So, that works. That. Yeah, I mean, Yeah, there's on. that. This is a, fl- a fate... Con- oh, God damn it. I was, gonna, I was trying to sound clever. What's uh-huh. that French phrase? A fate d'accompli? Fate d'accompli, yeah. There you go. That's the other We need you because you're the smart one. <laughs> it, it, I think it's... Sometimes I get this idea that it's good to have at least one smart person in the room. Yeah, I don't know that I qualify lately. Well, it's all relative. Yeah, I used to be smarter. I think the I'm pandemic sorry. eroded my brain cells. The pandemic on its own didn't do anything to you. Yeah, it did. Just stop wearing your mask and go out in public like all the other Arizonans. No, thanks. Let's get back to the sitcom. Banksy. No, I'm I'm <laughs> intrigued because I I was like when you mentioned that last night and then I knew we'd kind of meant, you know, talk about it a bit. But um, I'm shocked that it's about a spaceship. I don't know why. Well, it's not. That's just part of it. It's not about okay. a spaceship. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's it's a sci-fi sitcom, and it happens in space, so they have to get around somehow, and they get around in a spaceship. Okay. So, oh, because I thought it'd be about like two guys having coffee during a pandemic, deciding to start a podcast. Um, it's a sci-fi show. Oh, and okay. We want we want people to actually watch it, so <laughs> it won't be about us. I've already written my, initially I just assumed I was going to be one of the cast members, but now I've completely written myself out. I have this whole huge cast now in my head and it's, you know, a complete fantasy, but Okay, wow. yeah. I don't measure up. In my own, in even in my own imaginations, I don't, I don't measure up. Okay, okay. So I, I fired myself. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, the writing came up twice yesterday. I'm, I'm going to, I need to get my old dead iMac to the iMac store to get my I had two books that I'd started on there and one is like this little fantasy book I don't know if you can see this picture on my iPhone I'm sending this up I can't see it okay there can you see that yes okay I made a series of dolls I made that that's very creepy I wrote a little poem about it and but it's all in my iMac and so and it's supposed to be a children's story I don't want to hear any more about your iMac hard drive. <laughs> you just need to go and do it now. I know, okay? I know. I've been talking about it for what a year now. Just put, get a sticky note or something, and put it on your phone. And the next thing you do, that should be the next thing you take care of. I've got to get that stuff off there. Okay. So anyway, so sci-fi. So I'll be the voice of the what, before what? the gamma variant get, kills us all. Oh God, gamma or gamma. omega. I guess. I guess it'll probably. Obviously, it will be the omega strain. Really, that gets us. Really. Well, obviously it's Omega Man, right? I don't Did know. you see Omega Man? I don't. I don't do sci-fi. That was well. It's an old movie from the seventies with Charlton Heston. Is one of his really bad B movies. Was it when he ran all the time? No, 
Okay. I don't think so. Well, he was running a lot because he was running from, quote, zombies. They're the worst zombies I've ever seen on oh, screen. Oh, wow. I think the whole entire budget for the film was about $3. Really? And two <laughs> of those dollars they were went to pay Charlton Heston. Oh, Awful film. Really genuinely awful film. Yeah. And that was, it was remade into Legend with uh, Will Smith, which is like you couldn't get any further apart. Oh. Not that it was, Legend is a good movie, but not a great movie, but, uh, you know, budget wise. Yeah, it's not my genre. So what are we talking about? Banksy. Banksy. Yeah, Banksy. Go. <laughs> Me go? You're the one who brought it up. No, I just thought it was funny because it was like something about like, it looks like Banksy, you know, there's, you know, had a staycation and wherever the hell. I, don't, I can't find, yeah. Spraycation. You oh, can't find your own links? A spraycation. No, because I can't see. I, I slept on my glasses and I bent the side frame and now everything looks wonky. I don't know why you sent me all those articles because a lot of them were repetitive and the only one that was any good was the BBC article. Okay. I think the Smithsonian may have been, let me see. Yeah, the Smithsonian was more specific on one aspect of it, so that was good, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Guardian and whatever else, use. Art News, I think. Let me see what the Art other ones are. Art News, yeah. I, I, see, I have these all queued up in preparation for our podcast. I know. I just, I I was sleeping. Because I am a professional art ca- podcaster. I'm yeah. a professional art podcaster. Artcaster. Artcaster, the Guardian. Uh, yeah, the Art, the Art News article was really pretty crummy. Yeah, wasn't it? It, it, it was. It was very short. It showed one of them. One mm-hmm. of the uh, the BBC went through all of the ones that they found, all all of the graffiti art that they found. I thought uh, it was the, cute. They they talked to the local councils. They talked to quote a specialist or an expert, which mm-hmm. he didn't seem dumb, which is really unusual for an art expert not right. to be dumb. The Guardian was pretty awful too. Sidetracked on the reporting of it, but the BBC article, which we will link to in the show notes, uh, was by far the best. Yes. And I thought I thought it was great. I don't really understand all of his work. I think he's I really enjoy his work. I, I really do. enjoy his work. But I, I don't it. always understand it. No. And then I was um a little sad and like one of the articles I sent people were like painting over it and stuff and I thought that was like awful, but Yes. Uh so there are a couple instances you know, I'm going to have to close my browser. I have all these tabs, these news sites tab uh-huh. open. Excuse me. I have all these news sites open in different tabs. Uh-huh. And they're running at just a stupid amount of ads, and it's burning up my computer. Oh, no. I had to quit Banksy. Okay. Okay. The ads on those goddamn websites uh-huh. are so... The the internet is so bad these days. Isn't it? I thought it was just me. <laughs> no, it's just you. <laughs> it's You've just You've ruined me. everything again, Catherine. <laughs> Just no, I thought it was just me. I'm like, why is you know everything you look at and it's like bam, bam, and just constant. Everything wants to run a video in your face, right? And they've just inundated with ads, and you know not just lightweight ads, but ads with audio and video, and they want to move around, and they you know it takes time for the ad to load into the page. So you're trying to read, and the page suddenly suddenly gets repositioned because an ad knocks everything out of out of place. Right. Just want to start smacking people. Oh, there it is. I texted you these articles. That's why I couldn't find them. The spray case. Well, that that was my first rant. I was complaining about you texting. Okay, me. I shouldn't. I'm not. You know, I haven't had enough coffee yet. I'm sorry. I did start you out a little early today. You did. You did. And then anyway, Banksy, 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 Banksy. Yeah, back to Banksy. So, so I I really uh, admire him and his yes, work. Yes, I do. I do. And uh, surprisingly, because. A lot of it is political, and I generally don't get off on political art because I usually find the commentary to be childish, immature, not really very relevant. Okay. And obvious, usually very, usually very obvious. It's like usually trying to clobber you over the head with some very pedantic mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. But his uh, always seem like they're on the nose. Right. Or at least the parts that I understand. 
you know, I just like his work. Why? Because I think it's whimsical. It just it makes me happy. There's something about it that just makes me happy. It feels light. Yeah. I sense movement. Like I'm staring at one with these two people, like on a bit. Like it's like they're hovering over a bench and they're holding hands, or and and kind of dancing. And there's a. It's one of the Getty images, and it's just just so delightful. You know, the one we with the We don't Pelican. talk about Getty on this podcast. Oh. We don't acknowledge their existence. <laughs> well, it just says Getty images. Getty, yeah, I don't, God, I hate it. Anyway, uh, yeah, but that, that's an interesting point. I think that there's a lot of cleverness to his work. Yes, it's clever. And like the one with the bird, you know, like hovering over the trash can. Yeah, it's clever in, I in loved how it. he uses things around in situ, as they say, things around, uh, you know, so in the, in that case that he has a very large painted bird on the side of a building yes. that looks like it's trying to eat out of a dumpster, mm-hmm. which is filled with big chunks of uh, foam. So it looks like he's eating chips. <laughs> it's adorable. So it, it's, it's clever in how he uses the environment around the painting. It's yes. clever in the, in what he's saying with the, with any given painting, like mm-hmm. the, the rat that he did on a spraycation. He's got a rat sitting in a chair, kicking back, drinking a martini, but the martini glass is directly under a drain. So he's you know, drinking <laughs> right. out the drain, essentially. But it's a rat. And, and, but then there's also something intrinsically clever about how he's drawing his things, too. It's hard to explain. It's more like a visual cleverness. It's just his things are really well executed. They're not that complicated. They're stencils. But there's a mastery of the craft there that's really apparent. Yes, I just think it's brilliant. But anyway, I just wanted to send that to you. Because you didn't I love want to Banksy. Just send it to me. You wanted to talk about and I, it. Because I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. And I just, I love Banksy. And you wanted to instigate a conversation because you're an instigator. Right. And I hope that he never comes out. Like, I don't want to find out who he is. I like the mystery. It's like a Yeti. Well, it is funny thinking about him. This is, apparently, he did this spraycation uh, driving around in, uh, in a van, right? He was, he was in a little um, camper van or something, okay. just going up and down the coast. And that's kind of funny to think of this artist just randomly stopping and painting. And it's not random, though. I mean, he uh, clearly plans his stuff out very carefully. Yes. Because he's got to create the stencils and he's got to get in there when nobody's watching, which is also kind of almost an inhuman feat. Right. With all the CCTV things. Or, I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, it, seriously, it is. But that you're um, the rat in the drain one was one of the pieces that was vandalized. It's going to happen. Things like that. I, I think. As I've said before, I, I I don't consider art as something that should always last. It, it's not it's not like Superman. It's not going to be around in a thousand years. It's going to every piece of work should die. It just that's just the, the lifespan of a thing. I think they're tr- spending too much time trying to preserve these things. I mean, it's it's graffiti art. It's designed or it's it's the essence. One of the essence essential parts of graffiti art is that it's in the environment and it will decay with the environment. Right. That doesn't make a lot of sense. But I just think no, it makes if you sense. Tr- yeah. Well. And the, the local councils kind of lose their mind when they get one of these pieces because they, they start immediately putting up carb, uh, polycarbonate sheets over them to protect them, to preserve them. It seems like completely ass backwards because you're kind of denying the the authenticity of it being a real graffiti piece. Because mm-hmm. now you have to see it behind a piece of plexiglass. Oh, I didn't know they did that. But what would be the purpose of defacing it? I mean, this was really cute. You didn't know that because you didn't read the articles that you sent me. I kind of skim read it. You skim. Well, at least one of us reads your articles. <laughs> uh, almost all the councils, either, the councils either reacted one of two ways. They either covered it over themselves, 
painted over it themselves, or they put up uh, plexiglass barriers between, um, and they put it, in some places they put a guard on them. Oh my God. I think that it's overreacting. He puts it up and he's gone. It's spray paint. It's, I think the ethereal nature, the essential ethereal nature of mm-hmm. graphic graffiti art right. should not be denied or dismissed in this way. They're trying to preserve it for all time. You know, if you want to preserve it, I have a good, a really good way to do that. Take, Take a, a picture. picture. Well, I'm glad someone took a picture of the rat because it's super cute. Oh, I'm sure lots of people did. I love it. Yeah, if I was on the council, I would smack everyone down and just tell them to shut up. We're going to take a picture of it. We're going to put a picture. We're going to post a picture and a little plaque by the where it where it was, where and it if, was. you know, just so we can commemorate it, and so people can see what it was like before someone else came around and ruined it. Right. Because that really bothered me, as you as you mentioned earlier, they're being defaced. The rat one was kind of weird. Someone just came over and tried to paint over it, like they wanted. Were trying to erase it. I don't know what was going on with that person. The one that annoyed me more, though, was he has uh, on a boardwalk. This is a sea town, and they have a boardwalk, and they have all those like um, mm-hmm. the arcade, I guess. Right, so they right. have one with one with a claw. So he he's got this outside scene where he's got a bench where people sit down, with and the he teddy just bears. has he has no. Oh. He's got the claw that is right over the bench, and oh. so the the uh, the feeling you get is that the claw is going to come and start picking up people off the bench. It's okay. really it's really kind of brilliant. And then some asshole came and added teddy bears that looked like the the claw was trying to grab the teddy bears, and it ruins the piece. I saw and the teddy bears. I was like, oh my god, yeah, because it swear fell to god, off. I I am so angry at that. If if you are the asshole who did that, you better never come to Phoenix because I will beat your ass. <laughs> It's just so rude and so awful to do something like that. Right. It's not just the fa- the fact that they're defacing the work. They're trying to insert themselves into it and make gain their own notoriety off of doing it. But they have clearly no idea what the work is about because they've completely ruined it. They did ruin it's it. Not a, it's not about teddy bears, you asshole. No, it's not about teddy bears. Oh. Yeah, mm. I saw that. I saw the before and after. and it just... It was dissonant. Totally changes the nature the, of the piece the and it ruins it. it. Yeah, it ruined it. Because it wasn't, that wasn't even whimsical. It was just stupid. Well, it, it, was, it was a little bit whimsical, but it's the kind of thing that a second-rate, third-rate illustrator would think of. Right. Like if the, if the council actually wanted to have some public art, mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing they would come up with. Right. Yeah. Banal. Oh, that's what God. I would say. Banal. Banal. I love that word. Public art. What are you going to do? Not spray over it? Not spray over it. it's really bad? Well, right. if it's, you know, if it's Banksy, I think you should respect it. Yeah. But not, not to the point where you cover it over with plexiglass. Right. And try to save it for all time. Of course, you should also not steal the wall that it's on. Do you remember that a few years ago that happened? No, I don't. I think it was a ga- gallery in upstate New York somewhere. There was a, ba- they were selling a Banksy. And this was, Banksy sells work now, sometimes. Mm-hmm. But when he was a graffiti artist, you know, he was very, very popular. He was a big buzzword in the art world he's you know one of the top artists i think living artists but it was hard to trade his work because they were on the sides of buildings okay and they didn't know who who banksy was they Mm -hmm. we don't know who banksy is so um in an art gallery i think it was like i said i think it was new york a wall with one of his paintings came up for sale and people were like what the hell is this and they discovered that someone had literally stolen the wall that the painting was on oh. and brought it to the United States and we're trying to sell it. Oh, for God's sakes. It wasn't Banksy. It was Banksy's work, but he had nothing to do with the fact that they stole the wall and we're trying to sell it. And I think it's happened several times since then. Oh, my God. And, you know, this uh, gets to a larger point, uh, a point that you you brought up really well about the uh, lack of integrity mm-hmm. 
ethical and moral integrity of the art market. Right. And if anything needs more regulation, I think it really is the art market. Because there are a bunch of scammers and thieves in it. That's all it really is at the top of the at the top of the market. At the top of the market. I oh I didn't know that. I just when you were talking about stealing a wall, I just started thinking of like Jean Michel Basquiat because a lot of his work was you know it was graffiti. What Are happened you in love to with that? Him? I actually kind of am. Yeah, because you keep mentioning him. You know, there's something about his work that I find mesmerizing. Huh. Even though when I look at it, nine times out of ten, it makes not a lot of sense. But I, I just can't stop looking at it. And I really do like his work. I've always liked That's his really stuff. That's really weird. Because I can, almost as soon as I see it, I can stop looking at it. Really? Yeah. I don't know what it is. I, it just sucks me in, like in a, in a really weird... Yeah, that's disturbed. really weird. I think we're going to have to take a little deeper dive into that. Yeah, yeah. Point. I'll look at some stuff and there are some things. And I don't know what it is about. Um, maybe it's like the... I don't know. Email me a link. Email... Me a link of the pieces you find most interesting. Okay, I will. I will. And we'll talk about it another time. So, yeah, the other thing, I, I did find the text that I sent you. I don't know. Um, the closet guy. Oh, I totally forgot about him. What's his name? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Joshua William Gelb. I found this. That, was, that is a good word for it. Fascinating. Well, please go on. Describe okay. him. What are you talking about? This performing, like, well, I get, because the performing arts centers were closed during the pandemic, this gentleman turned a small space in his apartment in the East Village in New York City into theater and quarantine or quarantine theater. Yes. Yeah. He has like 90 hours on YouTube, at least, of like from him building the closet to these different performances. And now he's collaborating with different artists. And it's just, I found it fascinating. So why don't you break it down a little bit more simply and explain what we're seeing when we go to look at his work. Okay. We're seeing a like a white space. Like I think it's like a four by four space, a small closet that he painted bright white. And then there's this guy in it doing different things. Like you'll hear a voiceover and he'll act out parts or he'll be balancing on a chair or doing like kind of calisthenic kind of balancing things against the wall. It's hard to describe. So it's a little bit off the wall. It's off the wall. It is <laughs> off the wall. And I got He's, onto his YouTube. I mean, I went down the rabbit hole on his on the you? YouTube channel. Yeah, I, I looked at several of them. I thought it was um, quite interesting. I looked at a few of them, but they, they go on a little bit too long for my taste. Mm -hmm. And it's not really my cup of tea, but it was very interesting. He's taking a closet, a four foot by eight foot by two foot space. I think those are the dimensions. And he's trying to come up with different routines or performances to execute in that space. And he's been collaborating with people, I think, all throughout the process. Yeah, I think, uh, and yeah. He, he has works that are more play-like, as I, I didn't watch those because they were too long. But then he has all these more, I, I guess you would call them abstract dance routines. Right. They're not really dance. I mean, really, essentially, I, I think the, the place where this starts is is mime. I mean, he's, he's using the, the art form of mime as a way to interact with the space. So he's got some clever ways where he's looks like he's tilting the space, but he's not tilting the space. So he's he's miming out different scenarios. Right. And so it's a it's a combination of mime and dance and acting. And he's used this little space, and, and that's one of the interesting things about creating creative work is that if you put the more restrictions you put in place, sometimes the more creative you can be. So you know what can you do in such a small space? You know, usually if you're a theatrical person. 
you have a huge stage. I don't even know how big a stage is. It's like 20 or 30 feet wide I... by 20 feet deep or something like that. And you have, you know, 30 feet above mm-hmm. you. This is literally in your closet. Right. So it, it certainly it puts a lot of constraints on the creative process. How did it make you feel when you looked at some of his videos? I was visually interested, but uh, it it didn't really hit me in any way. I I, I think it was re- I think it was a very interesting thing to do, and I, I think he, I I applaud him for his effort. Oh yeah, and and for his work, it's just it's it didn't really do much for me. That's that's my own thing. I'm not trying to degrade his work. I th- I think if there's a person out there who falls in love with the work, I I can understand that. Right. I found it really intriguing and very creative, but there was also a part of me that I think I was responding to the space and like the isolation. And after this, Mm -hmm. like 18 months, it was just a really in your face, like almost like a documentation of this pandemic, like people trying to, you know, I was thought I've talked to so many people, you know, via zoom or telephone, whatever. I don't interface with that many people, you know, who've come into their own or done different things during the course of this experience we've collectively encountered because we're forced to. And it just kind of was like this really graphic almost depiction of this time. You know, someone trapped in this little four by four. Not that he's trapped. I mean, he chose this, but like a four by four space. Um, well, engaging. he is trapped in it, though. Right. This is a this is a guy who they I don't remember the exact line they said, but he's something about he was he was very wrapped up. He was uh, entranced or overwhelmed by theater. So his whole life was theater. Mm-hmm. And now right. he's completely separated by theater, and yet he's created his own space. Exactly. He's out of out of desperation or what creative necessity, he creates a space where he can recreate a theater, a theatrical experience. Right. And I think that's what I was responding to more than like when you read something by Kafka or, you know, the other things that were going on. It's like overridingly um, and irrespective of what I was looking on the YouTube. And I went through at least a dozen, if not more of his YouTube videos, that I, I came away with the same feeling of that isolation. Well, that's, I think that's in the work. Yeah, that is just, and it was just an overriding feeling. And I, I just really liked it, but it, it, part of it was painful. One of the questions they, they pose in the, art, in the New York Times article mm-hmm. is, and I couldn't read the whole article right. because it's the New York Times and I just, I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I don't, I, it's not in my DNA to be able to read the New York Times. Because it's too pretentious mm-hmm. or just wrong. Or I don't want to get into New York Times. Uh, but don't anyway, get into it, yeah. One of the, the essential questions is, is this going to, do we need this after the pandemic? Is this just a pandemic fluctuation that we no longer need? I think it transcends the, the pandemic. I think the work he's doing is interesting and unique. And like I said, I think it, it transcends it. It may have been spurred by it. But if he does this for the next 20 years, I think he will be following a valuable path. Mm-hmm. Even though it doesn't really resonate with me, I, I, that's why, why I respect it. I see this as being something valuable that he's doing. And irregardless or, or regardless of the pandemic, this right. is this is its own body of work. It really is. It really is. Probably one of the more interesting articles I came upon. Yeah, it was worth reading, which again, you know, is kind of unusual in the New York Times. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh no. I will say this for the New York Times. <laughs> I think they have a fantastic layout. As, as, all, as per all the things I was, negative things I was saying about the other websites being drenched in horrible advertisements mm-hmm. and bad layout, New York Times has always been a really well laid out website. They know what they're doing when it comes to creating a news, news website. Mm-hmm. They've always been the best. Well, I read the so Times. Kudos to them for always having top level web design. 
Kudos. 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 Yeah, I read the Times. And this morning in the Times, I noticed that, you know, they have, they always track the pandemic and there's like a little picture of the United States. And Arizona turned from like a kind of a weird shade of orange to like a bright, almost red. Yay, that's good, right? No, it's bad. <laughs> like overnight, I think we skipped two colors. They've got all these gradations of or- like yellowish to orangish to like almost red. We're, we're so far ahead of everyone. We're they in the red zone. <clears throat> we're in the red zone. Yeah. We're killing it. We are killing it. We are killing it. And not in a good way. So you asked me at the beginning of these podcasts, or maybe not on the podcast per se, but you said, are you going to wear a mask forever? And I think my answer definitively is yes. There you go. Great. Maybe we should print up some masks for you. We should print up something. We're going to have to have a, a meeting. A merchandise meeting. I'll let you run that one. Okay. I've been looking at it. All right. Well, I think uh, I think we got it wrapped up. I think we got it wrapped up. You have a great day. Thanks. You too, Catherine. Okay. Take care, James. Bye, Christopher. Bye, Christopher. <laughs> I don't know. What am I saying? Who cares? <laughs> Bye. <laughs>